What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, Brady, I think today we are recording a podcast with a guest who probably has the coolest fucking name we've ever had <laughs> on the podcast. I, I got, you know, I'm going to ask the question straight off the bat. Uh, Court Vox. Uh-huh. Is that your real name? Were you born with that name? So I was born with the name Court. Uh, Vox is a chosen name. Um, I was a, a singer in, in one of my past lives. Um, here in this lifetime <laughs> um, for many years, about 15 years in bands and um, Vox means voice in Latin. And so when I um, started to move into this field, my my birth name didn't feel quite in alignment. Mm. And um, my company is called The Body Vox, so the, the voice of the body. Mm. And so I just adopted Vox as my last name. I love it. Uh, I lo- and also, nice. it, like, it, I mean, it... It, so <laughs> little like little behind the curtain sort of uh, talk here. I, I typically, yeah. Bridie does, Bridie handles a lot of the bookings and I try to come into most recordings with as little knowledge as possible for the reason mm. that I feel like it just, um, you know, it's like I, I'm learning on the fly and I feel like most of our guests or sorry, most of our listeners are also kind of in that same boat. So um, I feel more like a listener when I come into these conversations. But I, when I came into today, I was like, 100% convinced we were going to be talking to a porn star because it is such <laughs> a fucking great porn name. Um, but it, it is a but, great porn name. <laughs> <laughs> if, only, it, if only I had taken those opportunities when they, <laughs> when they were presented to me, right? That, that's right. Um, but you, you are not in porn. You are a certified sex and intimacy coach and a surrogate mm-hmm. partner intern. Um, yeah. I mean, we've, we've spoken to a number of, of sex and intimacy coaches over the years. This is the first surrogate partner intern. First time I've ever heard that term. I can't wait to dive into it. But before we get into all of that, Court, I would love to just um, uh, give the mic to you and and allow yourself to give our (laughs) listeners and and the two of us uh, an introduction. Who is Court Vox? Who is Court Vox? Put me on the spot. Oh, and there's a dog. (laughs) He's taking front and center. This is Donut. Uh, donut. (laughs) He'll be there. I think Donut just showed me up for the best name in the room. <laughs> yeah. 
my name is my name is Court Vox. I'm a sex and intimacy coach. I am a somatic. So somatic means of the body. Um, I, unlike a traditional coach or therapist, I work with body-based exercises. I work with experiential learning and touch to facilitate growth and learning. And that's how I'm a little bit different than kind of the the average Joe that's out there. Um, I pull from a lot of different modalities in my work. I pull from Tantra. I pull from somatic sex education, sexological body work, um, Tantra, BDSM. And um, yeah, here we are. Hmm. How long you been? How long you been doing? How I mean, all of this. You, you know, you're saying you're you're a, a, a musician in a past life. Um, like at, at 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 what stage are you in the process of um, of offering these services to folks? Yeah. So in October, I'll hit my four year mark. Um, I really transitioned like right before the pandemic, mm. and I had been I had been kind of doing this work along with my other job, um, and then. Kind of in October of 2019, I made the decision to leave all my other corporate work and actually stop singing as well mm-hmm. and um, re- really focus on this as my career path. And um, it's paid off. Mm. I'm really so um, I'm really into uh, the both of the, the sort of umbrella of somatics, but in particular, I hope that we can touch on um, voice work mm. in somatics mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we both come from a theater background and voice is, <clears throat> voice is very much like a discipline that I continue to practice. But mm-hmm. I uh, and I'm a massage therapist and there's there and a yoga teacher and and like I always want to incorporate voice work and mm. I really feel the resistance in mm-hmm. the room. And, and I haven't brought it into massage therapy yet because I'm like brand new at that. But if we can like talk about mm-hmm. the voices place in yeah. somatic work, I mm-hmm. would love to, to get there eventually. I don't know if that's, if we're there yet. Dive into it right now. Fuck let's yeah, let's do it. Let's dive into it. Now. How do you, how does your, <laughs> because we also love a good through line, like how the interests yeah, and passions actually, of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, you know, voice is sort of, if I'm speaking about a, you know, there's a couple of different ways to, to speak about voice, voice from singing perspective professionally for a long time. It was a way for me to express. Um, it was a way for me as a performer to go into what I now know and I'm familiar with erotic trance state. Um, it was also a way for me to connect with people Um you know, as I use voice now, as as not a performer, I sing for myself. And it's sort of like, uh, um, I wouldn't even call it singing, I would call it wailing. Um, mm. It sounds like I'm singing slash crying slash hope. There's sort of all kinds of feelings and emotions in, when I sing. And it's sort of like a, a large release, a form of release for me. And so mm. to speak about other forms of release singing, wailing, crying, shaking, burping, farting, um, moving, right? And these are all things that um, have been really cultured out of us from a very young age. You know, sit still, be quiet, don't be too loud, you know, um, stop fidgeting. You know, you're supposed to be quiet in class. You know, excuse yourself if you need to go to the bathroom. Don't fart, don't burp, you know. And sort of like when we when people come into my studio and my space, it's sort of like, what if you had access to all of these expressions that have been sort of taken from you? And instead of being hypervigilant around all of them, um, just allowing them to be present. Um, Mm. If I'm speaking about voice from a perspective of voicing your desire, you know, we're kind of moving into a different Mm -hmm. direction Mm -hmm. of, you know, also, what if your desire and your inquiry and your asking was met with compassion and curiosity and celebration instead of um, shame, uh, disgust, you know, all the things that we sort of like repress our desire from. And um, that's sort of another place of this is a space of freedom to practice speaking desire to speaking what you want 
not just from a, a broad strokes, but from, you know, we're in this moment and I want you to massage my foot. Will you massage my foot with deep pressure, right? When we start to get into more like erotic space and more, you know, genital focused touch and being gets really tricky for people, mm-hmm. you know, to, to express needs and desires. And so to have us, um, a space where that's welcomed and invited um, can be really liberating. Mm. Um, just to speak, um, I don't want to speak too much, um, but to speak about massage and sound. You know, when I'm practicing body work, I am inviting people to move, to make sound, to use their words, to express what they want, um, to breathe. And this is, you know, un- this is not the common way that um, body work or, or massage is usually practiced. It's a passive receiving. And what I'm asking people is to be active receivers. And that's a different practice of, you know, if you're in a traditional massage, you're trying to be quiet because you don't want the massage therapist to think you're coming on to them or you're having any kind of like sexual response or embodied (laughs) response. But it's like, how could that possibly be? You have someone touching you. And if you have somebody who is good touching you, there is an energetic charge of some kind, whether that's erotic or nurturing. And sound, when it is invited, what could be possible are tears, mm-hmm. shaking, wailing, moaning, you know, moaning from pleasure, from pain, instead of like holding it in, which is contraction based. And what I'm inviting is expansion mm-hmm. and opening. And we're to be able to do that. Um, folks need to have full range and range of their expression. There needs to be a reminder and an invitation. Mm. Hey, I'm I'm noticing that you're. Are you still with me here? Yes. Yeah. We are. No. no yeah. I'm and, with you. I'm. I'm yeah. No. And, I, and, no. And, I'm, I'm just saying in the body work session. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought thought there was like, I thought there was like a Zoom glitch. I was like, no, no, we're here. This is amazing. I I mean, I I have to say like, like I was, I'm enthralled listening to you. Um, And, and in part, because um, I think you, I mean, it's, it's obvious that you, you are, um, you're passionate about what you do and, and you, you, you seem to really have your like, uh, your, your finger on the pulse when it comes to this kind of stuff. But it also, I'm also enthralled because Again, like Brady said earlier, we we met in theater school, um, and it's mm-hmm. been years. I mean, it's been years since that that lifetime, uh, which was a very different lifetime for for the two of right. us. And I am just being fucking vaulted into that space again. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just hearing you talk about expansion versus contraction, and the way you're talking about the use of voice and all these things. It's like I, I just want to say thank you, thank you for reminding me mm-hmm. about how how incredibly powerful it is to be in touch with things like your physical body and how your voice affects that physical body and then how all of that is like deeply intertwined with your emotions and your your traumas and your you know your desires and your all those grief. things your grief like it's just yeah i i i um you know it I, I think we're, I think anybody who's never really had the the pleasure of discovering that in their life based on whatever it is that they've, you know, whatever life path that they went down, it, they just never, they just never had those opportunities to like explore those types of things um, that, you know, they, they might not be on the same page with me here, but um, in having taken so much time from that space, you know, it's been, I don't know, what, what, yeah. 15 years or something. And then you, you get caught up in the rat race of life. And then all of a sudden you, you start, you, you, it's really easy to forget. It's easy to forget these things that are, that can be so deeply profound. Um, and mm-hmm. so really all I'm, all I'm saying here is just thank you for reminding me of the importance yeah. of those things. Um, because yeah, it's, it's, I, I, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll weave this back into a question to throw to you or, or maybe a statement for you to mm-hmm. elaborate on. But I literally was having this conversation with my partner, partner last night. Um, we are madly in love. We are like, I am, I, you know, like we are, we're, we're 
extremely attracted to each other. Um, we, we like, I, you know, she, she's my best friend yet with all those statements to be true, there's still this, this fucking weird thing that happens in all relationships. I mean, I, I've experienced this before in, in past relationships where mm-hmm. when you have a, when you have a desire, when you have like a need and that, and, and specifically an intimate need, a physical intimate desire or need, even though you're my best friend, even though I'm, I'm madly in love with you, even though all these other things are like going really well, for some reason, there's this like inability to express my need. Or for some reason, mm-hmm. there's this inability to tell for, for you to tell me what it is you want in this moment to feel good. If, if you're not getting, you know, if, if, if you feel like, like there's distance or, or we're not close and it, Blow it. It's just like, I had this thought of like, what the, isn't that the fucking weirdest thing that you can be so close with someone and something as simple as what you said there, right? Like, can you massage my feet with, with some deep pressure for someone can be so hard to, to express, even though you're in this relationship with someone that you're so comfortable with and you're so safe with. And what the, what's the deal with that? Like, where does that come from? Why, why for some people in, long-term committed loving relationships when it comes to sex or intimacy or, you know, those types of needs, why is it so hard for some people to just be able to use their words and say, can you do this for me? Because the answer is going to be, of course, I love you. Of course. Or at least you hope. And, and, you know, or, let, or, let's hope. Or, or not. <laughs> or, 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 not. or maybe not. Why. Right. So, yeah. Maybe, so, maybe not. Uh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you, are you open to playing with me a little bit? Yes, please, please. Yes. So I'm going to answer this with a question. What is at risk? What sure. is at risk? Yeah. yeah. I, I suppose. Your I su- desire to the person that you most love. Mm. I mean, I suppose the risk would and could be um, uh, just getting, getting shut, like uh, just, getting shut down, having, having, being told no. um, If I was to think about it, that would be the risk in my mind of like, that would, that would be hard. And so, so what's like, I guess what, what's underneath the no, like when you Mm. hear a no for a desire that you've really, that you really want. And this person that you love so much, your partner, and this is your best friend says, no, I can't do that for you. I can't meet you there. Like what, what's underneath the hearing of the, the no? Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, feelings of rejection, uh, uh, you know, uh, non-worthiness. Is, is that a, is that a, a unworthy? unworthy? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> non-worthy to listeners. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say yeah, maybe like rejection and 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 feeling unworthy. Um uh but I guess rejection would be a, would be a pretty big one. And um if you were rejected from this desire from your partner, would you ask again? It would be a hell of a lot harder to ask again. That's for sure. Yeah, I think those are two things to really consider. Mm. Is that in partnership, there's a lot more at risk than asking a stranger, right? Because that stranger is not going to wake up with you in the morning and you don't have to wake up with shame hangover or Mm. um, feeling like, okay, this ask of mine, you know, might ruffle so many feathers with my partner that they decide I'm some kind of freak of nature that I'm not the right partner for them. I'm not who they thought I was and that they don't want me anymore. Mm. I mean, really like underneath all that is like fear of rejection, but like to go deeper, the fear of rejection is um, fear of getting thrown out of the cave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Of like, and I love this person. I, I want to be with them and I want, you know, and what happens when a partner is able to say yes or yes, and you know what? I hear this desire of yours, and you know it's. 
I'm surprised. And um, thank you for sharing with me. I feel so honored and that you would be able to come to me with this. I don't know that it's quite my thing. And what I'm willing to do because I love you is to try it. Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, this is not my thing or not my kink or not my whatever it is. And um, I wonder if there's a way that I could, is is there a different way that I could meet you in this? You know, those are really different ways than just, ooh, no. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that's, mm-hmm. that is really out there, man. <clears throat> You know, and so and then when we when we sort of get different responses like that, that are more supportive, we build resilience to be able to ask deeper questions. And, you know, we also permission our partner to come forth with desires of their own that they may not have been able to to ask previously. And so it's sort of like a I use this term a lot pleasure loop. Right. We're just like feeding one another. But when the pleasure loop stops, it's much harder to keep it going um, and to keep in flow. And it's much harder to be resilient when you get hard nos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it's not even just the momentum it breaks up. Like Jeremy said, it almost it feels like it creates like a chasm mm-hmm. now that the next time I ask, it's not just like starting up the motor. It's like jumping over this, fucking, yeah. you know, 100 foot drop. Do you think that, you know, do, you th- do you think that that, do you think that that inability to, let's, let's just say inability to ask or inability to inquire about a particular want, need or desire. Do you think that that stems from a past experience? Um, like, you know, I mean, not to like paint a broad brush, a, 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 you know, big generality across it, but like, do you think more often than not that is due to a past experience or do you think that that's like an innate sort of deep down biological mortality. Yeah. Just like survival sort of instinct that we just kind of are born into. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily one incidence. I think it's, you know, many messages that we receive over time from media, from religion, from our parents, from our teachers. Um, you know, sexuality is not painted in a really high regard most of the time. And specifically from institutions like religion and school, you know, our education um, of sex in school is really based around fear and prevention. It has nothing to do with pleasure or connection. There's not a lot of discussion around that or, you know, how to um, create bonds and, um, you know, it's all about fear and protection and, you know, keeping you from having sex rather than like mm-hmm. supporting, like you are going to have sex and here's what you need to know kind of yeah. thing mm-hmm. about your body, your, your, your physical body, the physical parts, how they work, you know, the fact that they're, these are our, our utmost pleasure centers in our body and, and what a thing to celebrate instead of our education, which is, Try not to look at them. Don't show anybody, you know, keep it to yourself for as long as possible. Um, You know, even language around losing your virginity. It's Mm -hmm. like you've lost it, lost something that was pure. And and so, you know, language is shifting really rapidly. You know, when I first started this work saying that this is a safe space and then it became safe enough space. And now, you know, it's like to say this is a safe space is sort of like an aggressive statement for um, to say to some people, right? Because it's not really truly safe. What, what is true is that I can create a space where I'm open and available um, for dialogue. Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical. Medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I just want to go back to this <laughs> vocalizing things yeah. that are hard to vocalize. Mm-hmm. Because there is a bit of a sense too, whether it's like, I'm gonna try my hand at asking for what I need in a confident way. But my voice, it like as someone who's studied voice a little bit, like I can tell when my voice is not embodied. And mm-hmm. so it's that feeling of I'm going to be confident here and I'm going to approach this thing that I'm actually de- like internally panicking about. But I'm going to say it in a way that I hope my voice doesn't betray me. Um, I think mm-hmm. that is like such a big hindrance for people at least in the little amount of of voice work that I've done with people is like when they hear the sound of their own voice coming out of them from an embodied place it's almost a look of shock on their own faces and the impulse is to like oh keep that in that's not that's not safe um I don't know if there's well, a question there, but yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a distinction, you know, I just want to make a distinction between performance and this kind of work. I, I think mm. there's, I, I actually can track a lot of my experiences of a performer and my experiences in sexuality from a, a place of when I was, I was the lead singer in, in all of my bands and to, I would go into a space that I would describe as a trance state um, where I was so present and so connected to the energy from the band behind me and the energy from the crowd in front of me that I was in some altered state. And, you know, a 30 minute hour set felt like three minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Time just is, you know, totally the time conundrum is interesting. And I feel that way in erotic space too. And it, of using your voice, I think what's different here is. I'm not trying to fake till I make it expressing my desire or need from a partner. I might say something like, this is so vulnerable for me to say, and I don't even know quite how to say it. And poof, here I go. And my vocalization of it might not match exactly the desire. And that's, that's really okay. Right. Just the fact that I said it is, is can be enough. I think we also have to think about when we're speaking desire to partners, what um, what our impact is mm-hmm. on our partner, right? Mm-hmm. If you're like throwing something at them that is just like completely left field, saying like, you know, I I I want to take some time to sit with this. I I recognize that this might impact you in a really big way, mm-hmm. um, and I struggle with that. I struggle with uh, how my desires impact my partner because I have huge desires and huge wants and huge dreams and things that I want to do. And, and I, I tend to be a bulldozer. I'm like, Nope, I want it. I'll make sure I get it. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like sometimes your partner or the people around you need a little bit of time to digest, um, which is also reasonable of as a partner saying like, well, I hear this. This is unexpected. And um, I said, can I have a little time mm. with this to digest it? I hear you. I hear that this is a big thing. And um, I just need a minute with it. Well, let's come back tomorrow at noon. Not mm-hmm. I need to come mm-hmm. back to this. And everybody's wondering when it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, be specific. Let's let's reevaluate this. Um, let's talk about it at the end of the week when we have more space. 
let's set a time for Saturday at noon, right? Then we all know that we are, there's intention to come back to discuss this. Um, you know, we're not leaving it in the wings. Um, the other piece just around voice is is not just through words, but, you know, people have trouble like vocalizing, like, ah, 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 you know, and it's, there's studies that show um, the the more sound available in your body during orgasm, the your orgasm has much more possibility of a, a richer experience there. And people have a really hard time because they're like, I'm so used to being quiet, masturbating on my own in my, my bedroom as a child. And, you know, I lived with roommates or, you know, in college, I had to be quiet because we were, you know, next door to somebody or whatever it is. And then to be in a space where you're like, no, that's welcome here. Mm. And they're like, I, I can't, I can't, it, I feel it stuck here. Mm. You know, and this is like, this is, you know, when we talk about this being erotic work, right. The, the root of all this is eroticism and sexuality. And this translates into so many areas of our lives, right? Where you're like, notice, notice what's happening in your body. Just notice like your belly, notice your chest, notice your throat, your jaw, your face. What do you notice? I feel like something is physically stuck in my throat. Got it. Let's, let's bring some breath there. Ha. Inhale in, exhale with a sound. Ha. Ha. You know, getting people to practice a little bit and move slowly. To be loud for many people is very hard. To yell across the room is like, can be impossible because with anger, and what's interesting, and this can parlay into so many other things, is when the invitation is to be bold, to be loud, to express however you please. Like I'm saying, bring me whatever you got. Mm. Bring me that big, bold, beautiful voice of yours. And you're like, <sighs> and so the, the inquiry becomes, what is stopping you? You know, and that's something, an inquiry that has to be a practice. What is keeping me from, from having this? Can, can I allow myself to be loud? Can I allow myself to even want this? Can I allow myself to speak this desire out loud? The interesting thing about desire is a lot of times when we express desire, we're expressing to a partner the... The, the act, right? I want to have a, I want to have a gangbang orgy where I'm the, sorry, that's wrong terminology. I want to have, <laughs> I want to have group sex. <laughs> I want to have group sex where I'm, where I'm being, can I say fuck on this? Oh, yes. yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. I want to have group sex where I'm being fucked by, you know, 10 guys, right? And so then if I'm like, okay, here the desire for this. Let's talk about, you know, as a practitioner and as a coach, I'm like, let's talk about like what about this is exciting for you. You know, is it um, being the center of attention? Yes. Yes, I'd like to be the center of attention. So, okay, so this is, are you wanting, um, what kind of words are you wanting to be called? Are there names that you'd like to be called? I would like to be called slut and whore or whatever it is. Great. So is this about... Do you want to be deg degraded or do you want to be praised? Mm. I want, you know, slut and whore is like my line, right? And I, you know, so I often say like, uh, when people say, it doesn't matter, you can call me anything. And I say, what about stupid whore? And like, <laughs> no, never call me stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, when you start to in, insult someone's intelligence, for some reason, that's just like, not okay for most people unless that's your thing mm -hmm. um so there's people have fine lines of you know i want to be degraded a little bit it's more about 
being the center of attention, the object of desire. Um, I want to be praised like the god or goddess that I am. You know, I want to be taken care of. Um, or is it someone who really just wants to be used as a toy and defiled and tossed around and not have any say, right? There, the the act is the same, but the the root of the desire is different. And so when when you can sort of parse out what the the true need of that person is, you can recreate that with each other. Right. And for some people, many people, the idea of having that experience of 10 men fucking you is really sexy. And and the logistics of it and the reality of it, you know, is probably not going to happen for a lot of humans um, for many reasons. You know, try to get three people to come to an orgy <laughs> and, then, and then come back and we'll talk about this. It's, it's hard, you know, and and, you know three people that you trust and three people that are going to follow your boundaries and guidelines, you know, it's so sometimes our fantasy is better left in fantasy. And sometimes to be able to play with it there with a partner who's open to it, to use language. Um, and also if your root desire is to be adored and to be praised and to be the center of attention, Partner, listen up. Listen right. to that. There's so many ways that you can offer that, not just in erotic space and ended sex, but outside of it, that are sort of like feeding, feeding um, the more intimate moments that you have. Um, and <laughs> so much of the time, people are just not paying attention. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I really, I think what we stumbled upon the, the term bids for connection, mm. I've started to notice how mm -hmm. frequently they go unmet mm -hmm. just in, you know, we take each other for granted being in the same space. It's like my partner's talking all the time. Do I need to respond to every single thing <laughs> that he throws out there in space? Yeah. Maybe in some way, like mm -hmm. if I want him to feel like he's not just alone mm -hmm. in here, cause it can be very lonely when you exist in a space where most of the things you say are, <laughs> are, are not acknowledged, even mm. if you're just being light and yeah. casual. Yeah. I think there's, there's another term that I, I learned from Max Cameron, uh, who's somebody that I've studied BDSM practices with, and it is um, explicit acts of love and devotion. Mm. And what that means is to notice all of the ways that you love your partner and devote them and also notice like how you are, how you receive that from your partner and then make it explicit. You know, when you bring me coffee every morning, this is an act of explicit act of love and devotion. Name it mm. instead of just letting it be a bid. Yeah. Mm. Right. Instead of it just be something that you do, be like, take that moment to be like, this is my service to you. Mm. This is how I love you. Do you see that? I do. Thank you so much for this coffee. It's like, oof, it's perfect. I love the way you take care of me, my love. Mm. You know, and it's sort of like you're creating ritual in that way. That's already a ritual. Mm -hmm. You know, there's things in our lives with our partners that are already rituals that we do as ways of care and love and devotion and just calling them out and making them explicit um, can be really powerful. I love that. I'm taking that. I've taken note of that. Mm -hmm. I'm taking that home with me today. <laughs> okay, good. My, my main takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, um, you know, you, you saying that it makes me think like, I feel like I've, I've, I have like pointed out things that I do um, in, in relationships that, that are like, Oh, like, uh, you know, I do this cause I love you, but without, without like, without giving it that, without using that, that, that language that really hammers at home that like, this is an explicit act mm -hmm. of love. And I think that's, uh, I really like that. And it's also like receiving the acknowledgement from your partner of 
wow, I, I see that now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. and and you're like, look, can we make this like one of our? Can we make this explicit? So when I do this for you, you know, you know that this just isn't me, you know, throwing something together for you. That this is actually there's intention here. Mm-hmm. That this is this is a way that I show my affection for you in my devotion mm-hmm. um that's different it definitely is and it lands differently yeah i i'm uh i mean i i i love this conversation um and and i like i feel like it all like we've we it all started with <clears throat> one question and it's it's drawn us out this far which i love but um, I, w- I would, I would hate to end this conversation with before knowing what a, what a, what a, um, a surrogate partner is. Um, I, I, have never, I've, it's the first time I ever heard the term. Um, mm. and, and I know that you are, uh, I, I, I've read that you're a surrogate partner intern. So I, I take it. You're like, you're yeah. working to become a surrogate yeah. partner. Uh, it's a little tricky. Yeah. I'll explain it. I mean, I do want to mention, you know, just before we move off of voice, that I have an online program called Invitations to Intimacy, um, which is, I have a community which is weekly um, sort of thought starters or invitations into your body. And I also have um, an online course. It's one of three. I haven't launched the second two yet. And this is sort of, this is foundations in um, connecting to your body and breath, movement, sound, inner knowing, um, and desire. Mm. So great place for people to start um, who are like, I don't even know if this is for me, or this is a great place to start. There's movement exercises, there's there's exercises and meditations in breath and in voice, expressing mm. voice, um, expressing sensations, um, hearing and feeling and sensing differently. Um, so I highly recommend that. I'll send you guys a link to that. Mm, yeah, please. Um, so to say a little bit about sur- uh, a surrogate partner intern, to be honest with you, I have enough hours to become a real surrogate partner. I just have, I, I've gotten so busy that I haven't been able to turn in my my notes to be able to get that. But an intern, the an intern is um somebody that is sort of um in their in the field working to become a surrogate partner. So I technically can't say I'm a surrogate partner fully yet because I haven't gotten their buy-in. And so people, it takes years for them to become surrogate partners just because of the the clients that they're working with and they the the organization needs to feel you're ready to be able to give that. Mm. So, um a surrogate partner is different than how I operate as a as a coach. When I'm working as a coach, I leave my clothes on, I wear gloves when I'm I'm touching genitals. Um as a surrogate, you know, I am working more with mutuality, with two-way touch. I think it's important for people to know that the majority of people that come to surrogacy work um, are dealing with some sort of trauma Mm. at a base level that has kept them from exploring sexuality or intimacy um, from a very like baseline perspective. They're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and have never had a sexual experience. Mm. And it's sort of, the the process can be very slow where you know just exploring um nurturing touch it can be challenging be- because that touch has been associated with harm in the past mm. am i making sense mm-hmm. yeah so it's sort of like to build rapport and trust with someone takes time. And, you know, the question that everyone asks is like, do you have sex with them? And it's like, mm. it's such a, it's a, that question speaks so deeply to our culture of wanting, wanting it to be so salacious. And it's, it's really not, it's really slow, really intentional, really patient work most of the time mm-hmm. with people um, who need slowness, who need patience. And, um, you know, it could be just, you know, a lot of sensate focus is a big part of that work of just noticing 
and being able to use language to describe sensation in your hand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and languaging going from this feels good, feels nice to it feels sensual. This feels nurturing. This feels delicious. This feels erotic, right? And so being able to expand the language connected to the sensation and also to, and this is similar to my other work, but starting to rewire patterns and nervous system patterns of associating specific touch um, with care, with nurturing, instead of something that was perceived and rightfully so as harm. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is fascinating. Um, and I mean, like, I feel like this is, I feel, I feel like this is something that is just so important to have as an option out there for, for the folks that find themselves in that position where they, you know, where they haven't been in a position of being able to feel comfortable or safe in an intimate environment with anybody else, uh, due to whatever that might be, you know? Um, but I am, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm curious, like how with something that seems so, um, that seems so intimate and so, um, so delicate, how, Mm -hmm. how, how do you navigate like, the possibility of, of transference or, or, you know, um, or, or, or something of, of, uh, you know, something in that, in that realm of, you know, this person who's doing this work with you, like, are you, are you as a, as a surrogate partner, uh, are there, are there sort of, um, uh, techniques that you use to, to prevent the possibility of something like transference between you and a client? So let me, let me ask a clarifying question. When you, when, are you talking about energetic transference or of the client to me or me to the client? Or are you talking about attachment? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know, like, um, like transference between like a, like a, a talk therapist and a client where the client is like, okay, I've been sharing all these things intimately with this person. And now I think I'm in love with them. You know, I, th- I think I think transference is like a you know um, uh, a a a phenomenon that happens with therapists from time to time. Where I think it happens probably all yeah, around prob- us all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I I'm could, just thinking you, of it from like a yeah. therapist, like a like a you know a CBT sort of therapist therapeutic relationship. therapeutic relationship that the the client has put themselves in a position where where they're sharing so openly or so deeply. And in this case, like, so, you know, even, even down to physically intimately. And so, um, so like, is there, yeah. Like, like how does that, how, how does that play out from, from your perspective um, in, in what you've learned so far? Um, It happens. Mm -hmm. It happens. And we make space to speak about it, you know, in, um, in my coaching work, I highly recommend that clients have a therapist to speak to following our work together. Mm-hmm. And some people don't want that. And they that's their choice. And I'm available to speak to them, you know, to discuss feelings of transference or feelings of love or attachment that they may have. Um, it's something that we speak about from the beginning. Um, and also, you know, in in a triadic model, which is the model for surrogacy, where the client sees me for experience and experiential learning, and they work with the the therapist for talk therapy, the therapist is there to kind of process the experience that I've had with them. And so there is support there. You know, we spend so much time um, talking about why that's harmful. We don't really consider um, that that in a, in a, a container that has boundaries and when mm-hmm. the boundaries are held, mm-hmm. how powerful it can be to express love in and affection for someone in a way where you know that it's not going to leak outside the container. Mm-hmm. And, and please so don't I, get me wrong. I, 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 no, I, wasn't, no, no. I wasn't like assuming that this is a, 
um, <clears throat> that this is harmful. But that was my that that was my curiosity of like like how how do those how do those boundaries how are they held in in a in a situation that is that is so so much more unique than than say just a uh, a session with like a, a talk therapist or something like it 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 um, it just it's, I mean look you could have attachment or a crush on your dentist totally yeah you know and nobody's you know everybody is celebrating that <laughs> oh yeah what was what was he what was he wearing this yeah. time did he get up in your mouth again yeah, yeah. you know yeah so I think there's potential for that in all kinds of professions I think um, what's important as a practitioner for me to remember is the power dynamic and to remind the client of that as well of, I just need to remind you, or I'd like to remind you that we are in a power dynamic here mm. and that I am your teacher. I'm your teacher. And the, the feelings that you're having here are really welcome. And I want to celebrate them. And I also want you to be aware of the fact that when our time is over, our time is over. Mm. And so if, if exploring love and feelings of affection and intimacy here is nurturing for you, how wonderful that we have the space to explore that. It will not carry out beyond the walls of, of our time together. Mm. I promise you that. And that's really important mm -hmm. to, to know because if it, if it bleeds outside the container, and when I say container, I mean, okay, our session time, my session times are three days long. So we start and we finish. And they're usually in a, what I call um, sacred space, which is we come into a space, which is either my home or the place that I'm working. And then when it's over, they go home. Mm. And I'm not going home with them. Mm -hmm. I'm not emailing them to plan a trip to see them. We're not sending each other love texts. That's not happening. Mm -hmm. And I'm really clear with that. And it actually um, would disrupt someone's growth and expansion for me to be in that position. And, mm -hmm. and I also, I have my own partnership. <laughs> when I have my own lovers, you know, I'm really clear with my boundaries of what this is and what it isn't. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that I, I don't also feel those things. Right. Everyone just assumes that it's the client, but there are clients, most of my clients where I'm like, I have a deep affection for you, you know, and I can do that because of the container we're in. Yeah. Right. I'm not going home to your, you know, I'm not going home with you and your husband and your two children. I, I just stop. That makes no sense. Mm. But here, we have created a container together of exploration and what's possible for you here, you know, could be really nutritious and, and valuable in your growth. And I'm here for it. Mm. And I will also protect my own boundaries as they come up. It's interesting because when I first started this, I asked three mentors of mine the same question. I said, how do you protect yourself from taking on the energy of, of your clients? Yeah. Because it is deep, energetic work a lot of the time. And the first one said, well, when I'm finished with the session, I put my hands on the ground and I reconnect with Mother Earth. I ground myself and I come back to my body. And I said, okay. And the second one said, I, I do a, a ritual with myself where I imagine a, a veil protecting me from taking in other people's energies. And the third one, I said, how do you protect yourself? And, and he said, I don't. <laughs> I don't. And that was probably the, that was the most realistic response. Mm -hmm. And it is also how I would guide people in this work is you, if you're really good at it, you are not protecting yourself from feeling what your clients are also feeling in a place of empathy and holding and compassion. And also I'm not holding on to it. Mm. So in the same way that I'm coaching people to let go of trauma, whether that's a big T trauma or a little T and to move energy out of their body through breath, movement, sound, voice, song, I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So some clients leave and I'm like, <clears throat> 
I got to fucking move my body Mm. and turn music on and dance and have my own self-pleasuring practice and scream into my pillow and move and breathe, take a shower, drink water. You know, these are, these are practices of mine also. I'm not just telling people to do them ad hoc. Mm. So Yes, I, I feel people's energy deeply, and I don't hold on to it. Mm-hmm. That's a great answer. Fascinating. Yeah, su- super, super interesting. Um, and how to, like, if, you know, if someone's listening to this right now, and they're like, God, this, this sounds like something like, that I could really use. Like, how, does, mm-hmm. how do you go about finding um, a, like a, a surrogate therapist? Is it, is it typically done through, through like through your through you know through your your typical talk therapy where you 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 know you this is something that you request and then they might go oh well actually i happen to work with someone who does this work and like how does that typically work in terms of finding a, a surrogate therapy you know, i think um surrogate partner therapy is is for a specific client and it's not for everyone so yeah. you know there are two organizations one is called ipsa and i can't remember the other one but if you just search surrogate partner therapy, the organizations will come up. You can reach out to them and see who's sort of like in your, in your area, your area, hmm. you know, and then sometimes, you know, it's it's meeting with some of those surrogates and seeing if it's the right fit for you. You know, there might be somebody that's in your neighborhood and you're like, I just don't resonate with this human. <clears throat> totally. Um, and so I'm willing to travel to wherever to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I work a little differently than most surrogates and most coaches i i only work in immersion so my minimum is three days Mm. i work for three days at a time i really believe in immersing yourself in in growth and what i see happen for people is really huge and it also allows me spending so much time with someone to see patterns repetitive patterns that take place in their body and also in their language um, that, you know, are potentially limiting and a lot of times they're unaware of. And so it's like, hey, I'm noticing that you do this thing and it's come up a couple of times and I'm I'm curious if you're aware of it. Mm. And they're like, huh. And I'm like, no, maybe it's nothing, but maybe just be conscious of it as we move forward. And then they're like, wow thought about it and i do do that thing Mm. like what is that about and it's like i don't know what is it about (laughs) you know um what i'm feeling from you is it's sort of a a wall right so i i worked with a client for three days and he had asked me to sort of like um it was a very specific container we were in and he had asked me to notice patterns and one of the patterns that he had was um, when he would sort of be called out or or called into something that um, was the pattern itself, he would go into an excuse why he was doing it for like a second. And then he would go into a completely different story about his childhood or his life. or And he was really good at it. Ooh really amazing storyteller and i would just sort of get sucked into the story and I'd be like this is a great story and completely forget about you know what i was talking about with him and this came up a couple of times and i finally said you're a really good storyteller and this has been a, a tactic for you to succeed and to mm-hmm. survive mm-hmm. and wow what a what a beautiful a toy to have in your toy box and you're doing it unconsciously Hmm. and i'm unclear if it's really serving you in the space that we're in now and so i wonder if you could um be conscious of it and and make a choice of whether it's something you want to that's keeping you from having what you want or if it's something that's really protecting you Hmm. and to be able to have that awareness and then also to decipher and then to make a different choice those are three different things but without the awareness of it you kind of there's no shift yeah yeah. to be able to 
would take place. So that's an example, and it happens a lot. Yeah. It's funny, I had on one of my <clears throat> list of questions something that stood out to me because I read a lot of bios, and uh, one of the descriptors that keeps coming up about you and your work is the word gentle, and that was on my list of questions to be like, how come? Is it because you're a man in this work, and it's a way of like letting people know that it's not going to be real like boisterous and loud and in your face, but I think... I think I get it. I think I'm getting it just through this conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I feel it. You know, I'm not always gentle. It's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's placed, right. And there's a difference between someone pushing you from behind and someone that has their hand on your back Mm. and just holds. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the gentle part of, hand but i'm not pushing Mm. that's lovely well court uh i gotta say this has been uh an absolutely lovely conversation um it's it's (laughs) like it 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 is it is i mean it really you really are enthralling like to listen to and uh and it, it, it very much shines through that um that the work that you do i i mean i can only imagine um the 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 help that you are providing uh, your your clients and the people that that work with you. Um, how can people find you? How can people stay up to date with what you're up to, uh, what you've got coming up in the pipeline? Yeah, so all of my offerings are on my website, thebodyvox.com. And um, you can follow me on Instagram at courtvox or thebodyvox. Um, I do... I do a lot. So I, I work for a company called Back to the Body, which does retreats for women all over the world. Um, and, you know, that's backtothebody.org. Um, I also do retreats for queer men. Um, I have one coming up in February in Mexico. Um, that's incredible. I have another one in September, but it's sold out. Um, and I also do workshops throughout the year, um, smaller workshops, two and a half days usually for queer men. Um, and then I have an online course called Invitations to Intimacy, which is, like I said, it's sort of foundations and embodiment, sort of like starting to build a rapport to move into some deeper areas of eroticism and sexuality. Um, and there's a guided piece and a, a, and also a, an offering that is just to do at your leisure. Um, and I'm really excited about that. And that's gender agnostic. Anybody is, you know, it's not um, gender specific. So thank you so much for your things out for your time yeah thank you thank you so much for your work this has been a real (laughs) treat all right there we have it folks hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had and uh thanks for listening to the podcast if you want to support the podcast further you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the spotify mobile app and uh if you want to uh support the podcast even further than that which you can wow you can go to so kind and thoughtful and generous so generous go to patreon.com slash turn me on uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat. Well, if you want to reach out to us, turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that. Sex toy. <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Why don't you go touch yourself? catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.